Here we are at the end of the world. Movie night apocalypse is upon us, and soon we will all be either raptured up to film Valhalla or left to starve in the post-apocalyptic podcast wasteland. No views, no likes, and nowhere to turn. Tonight we are talking about the 1975 film A Boy and His Dog. It's not easy to decide on a starting place for Apocalypse Month. The earliest movie about the end of the world is a 1916 Danish film of that title. The story revolved around a comet that passes by Earth and causes natural disasters and social unrest. Most of the early Apocalypse movies revolved around natural disasters, including a 1933 film called Deluge that showed New York City getting hit with a tsunami. However, in the 1950s and 1960s, the world of science fiction suddenly shifted, as the atomic bomb and the Cold War made the end of the world feel both possible and terrifying. Nobody was quite sure what radioactivity would do to the human body, and the horrific consequences of the Hiroshima and Nagasaki bombings at the end of World War II terrified the masses. We could do an entire month on Cold War science fiction, and maybe one day we will. But now we have decided to start in the year 1975. A Boy and His Dog takes place in a far-off distant year, 2024, when the Cold War, which erupted into World War III, has ended and the five-day conflict known as World War IV has left the Earth a barren wasteland. World War III, hot and cold, lasted from June 1950 to March 1983 when the Vatican armistice was signed between the Eastern and Western blocs, a total of 33 years. Uh, is this too fast for you? Groups of roamers scavenged the dead husk of what was once American society, pillaging and raping. In this nightmarish dystopia, we meet Vic, a teenage boy who was born after the events of World War IV. Vic walks the Earth as a solo with a telepathic dog named Blood. Swine, all my directives go completely unregarded. Sometimes you're just as ignorant as any other common rover. One indication of a female at all is caution to the wind, the eyes glaze, the glands swell, and the brain freezes. Vic scavenges food for blood, and blood in turn sniffs out women for Vic to rape. The author of the book, Harlan Ellison, has talked about his vision of the world of a boy and his dog, saying that he wanted a completely amoral wasteland where humans have been transformed back into beasts. So there is no right, there is no wrong. Man has become beast. And in this story, literally, and that's all it's about, is man has become beast. The beast has become the voice of society. Blood is incredibly intelligent and witty, especially considering the fact that he's a small dog. He lost the ability to hunt for his own food when he gained the ability to telepathically communicate and requires Vic for his survival. Blood believes that there's an above-ground society over the hill where life is normal and untouched by the apocalypse. I mean, let's stop. I know what you mean. Over the hill where the deer and the antelope play, and it's warm and clean, and we can relax and have fun. Then they grow food right out of the ground. How do you like that pipe dream? It's called farming. Oh, I believe you. However, instead of taking us there, Vic is pulled by the seductress Quilla June down to a subterranean biosphere built under the ruins of the city of Topeka, Kansas. 
Topeka is a strange caricature of post-World War II America, ruled by a brutal and tyrannical committee who puts anyone who disobeys them to death. Let's make these uh, heart attacks. <laughs> the film was written and directed by the famed Western actor L.Q. Jones, most famous for appearing in several Sam Peckinpah films, including The Wild Bunch. You shouldn't talk like that to me. I'm sorry. Come on, TC. Help me get his boots. I think, I think this will do pretty good. Since no major distributor wanted to touch it, it was financed by money LQ raised from friends and family. One famous director who found inspiration in the boy and his dog was George Miller, who cited the movie as an inspiration for the Mad Max franchise, especially Road Warrior. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends is done touring until December 30th, but you can find all their music at neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Christina Oaks. When she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at, at cosmopolitics. Throw her some subs on Twitch. Jeremy Salmon, host of the Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person podcast, which is currently on hiatus but returning in the future. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. Without further ado, let's get started. That's so much suffering. Dead <laughs> Camp so Friday. I mean, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm Camp the, Friday, baby. Let's go buy my shit. I'm I'm the titular boy <laughs> and his dog, and I got Lyme disease from my dog, so I'm suffering. <laughs> you got Lyme disease yeah. now? Wow, I didn't think that was a uh, of all the damn of all the infliction all the afflictions in 2022. Lyme disease is uh, that's something. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we we just did all the uh, the raking of leaves outside so like audrey's been like running through the leaf piles and two weeks ago she ran through the, the leaf pile i guess and i had uh it's i think i think the head's still in me i had a tick like right here that i pulled off not nearly so hilarious as the cartoons and comics would lead you to believe no <laughs> or the amazon show yeah yeah uh, but, but the, the joke isn't funny <laughs> if it goes on for three sentences yes and the fox news uh fox tv show yeah <laughs> <laughs> See, now it's funny again. <laughs> and the streaming, wait, no, you already mentioned the streaming TV show. Because this thing was like the tickets had multiple. Okay, it's back to me, not funny again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, long, back, long, 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 the, the too long didn't read is that I am the tick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
that, that's that's what we should take away from that. But uh, but yeah, but you're in good dogs. company, Kathleen Hanna. There's a bunch of great people that have have had Lyme, Lyme disease. So. I've had. I mean, I, this isn't my. I'm, first. I'm trying to get some Lyme disease right now. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Okay. Brought this to you by Seven Up. My first. Uh, <laughs> this isn't my first bout with Lyme disease. I had it as a kid, and um, like they wouldn't give me antibiotics for it, and my face fucking froze up. I got Bell's palsy. So you know, nothing, wow. nothing to, nothing to fuck around with Lyme disease. You know, a boy and his dog, it can go wrong. It's not all raping and pillaging. <laughs> it seems like it seems like cool guys having a cool guy time, but no, that's yeah. <laughs> not. So, uh, we yeah. have wild movie. Um, wild movie. This ended up on the docket. I'm glad you mentioned it uh, being an influence for uh, George Miller because uh, it seems it might seem odd to folks that we're not doing any of the Mad Max movies. But I think it's important to start uh, early on, but not too early on. Um, and this, to me, feels like the start of like the modern apocalypse movie, uh, yeah. despite it's incredibly like, I mean, we'll just charitably say suspect elements. Uh, but we've covered the best Mad Max already. We did Fury Road with Kira Rossler yeah. like yeah. forever ago. I mean, the only other thing would be Death Race 2000. But, you know, yeah, which which is not as good of a movie. We'll, we'll do that on like car month or something. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think welcome to car month. I'm car all month. <laughs> and clack here with car month. Yeah. What are you gonna say, Jeremy? Get it. Oh no, I was gonna say I think uh I always um associate death race with is much more that's much more like dystopia, like or like you know, social commentary. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's way too much. Like commenting on seventies seventies uh, sports TV. Then you know, then then you then I guess you could be put it into post apocalypse. I mean, it certainly is dystopic, but yeah, yeah, dystopian fascist police state. It would fit in that in that month, rather know? than uh, rather than like you know post apoc. But it's always, although I do think that the um, this film was definitely the beginning of. It's much easier to uh, you know the tip that I think George Miller took and ran with it. It's it's much easier and much cheaper to show the kind of you know the apocalypse is just kind of a you just go out to the desert, throw a couple bits of wreckage around, and then shoot there because you don't have to build anything. So there you go. You know you can use your you know your uh, your art dressing costs you fifty dollars. Well, I mean, yeah. and and Mad Max, you know, was was filmed really well, like all of them, because you know they're just like in the fucking outback or whatever, and yeah. <laughs> there's just so much like Australian landscape that they can just kind of drive. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do whatever you want. No one's really gonna be. No one's even around to like be like, hey, you can't be here. Like, it's not like, anymore. Kangaroo. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, but it it is. I was going to say pour one out, but I only have water. Although, yeah, I think it does. Also, at some point, we do have to talk about how this film did lead into Fallout. Uh, Well, Wasteland first, but then uh, the the computer, the eighties computer game, uh, role playing game Wasteland, which it, it, it both that game and this film just. I mean, it's very, very obviously feeds into it like a lot of fallout. Um, totally, yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. I don't know about, about it. how much. Yeah, <laughs> but a lot of the uh, scenarios definitely. But you know, tonally, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I mean, this movie tonally is kind of weird because it's like it's kind of a lighthearted comedy in a lot of parts, right? Like, there's there's a lot Just of like, the end. yeah, <laughs> the rape. But there's there's yeah, like yeah. there's like rape, but somehow the rape doesn't really like. It's like I mean, set to yakety snacks. Yeah, yakety like it's, sacks it's, and... yeah. 
It's it's the most lighthearted rape scenes. Of any movie and then he gets he gets like his fondest wish, and he's gonna be like on like a stud on the farm. And then it's like, oh yeah, but not the way that you want it to be. And yeah. it's like, blah, 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 blah. like, what do you mean they're pumping it out with a machine? Yeah, yeah. no, that's no fun. I don't want that. It's like getting that adrenochrome. <laughs> um, I I think I was gonna I was gonna put on clown makeup like if I wasn't I, I thought was it was the white face yeah, yeah what what a strange decision um uh, and by the way I just want to quick point out like the fifties fetishism is is fantastic and and that's um from straight out from the book too but like yeah how how crazy is it that like this you know conservative ideal is still the fifties right it's still this this uh this idea of the fifties after all these other decades it's like that's the only decade that's the last decade they acknowledge existing. So this is this is LQ Jones and there's a podcast they did for like two hours, but obviously yeah, I'm not I was gonna, like this show. Yeah, but so they <laughs> they talked about the entire process for two hours. I was listening to it last night, and uh, it as he got older, Harlan Ellison kind of looks like he has the white face. But um, this is yeah, so this, this, it's audio only, unfortunately. But this is him talking about some of the stylistic decisions of uh, the the clown makeup and and what he was trying to do with that. Because the rest of it, the dog by that time is under her. He's under her. He knows what she's about. She's not a very nice person at all. Quilla June is not a nice person at all. At all. And you know, this is this is absolutely off the track. Everybody asks me why the clown makeup, and I say, you know, if this were 1788, and everybody was wearing the ruff around their neck. The way they wore it, male and female alike, wore that awful rough. You would say, why the rough? Well, it was the style. Cultures change. I watch television today, and I watch Judge Judy. May I burn in hell forever? Yeah, she's getting crazy as a mud fence. Uh, let me end. Let, let me end before that. She's getting mad, mad as a mudfly. Okay, that's like the cuter. Uh, I watched Judge Judy and some guy will come on with his hair sticking up in the middle like a shark. With the colors? With the colors. And I think and earrings that are bigger than the hoops that that is, that, a, that, a, that, a, that somebody would wear in Dubai. And I say, what the fuck is going on here? What? 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 Where did the future go? At what point did I catch up with my own time and find myself something that you would wrap parrot shit in? And I look at this stuff every day on television and I and I and I listen and I listen to some of the stuff these people say. And I look at myself and I say, in my day, you had said something like that. He goes more off topic than Andy does. It's kind of impressive. And people say stuff that's just awful. And it's accepted. So what he's saying is that the underground city was right. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, I think it's I think it's interesting that like, you know, he's thinking about like styles changing and it doesn't really have to have a, a purpose, you know, in terms of like, uh, like like a you know like a physical purpose as much as just kind of creating a style that's um, both both like similar to the 1950s but also wholly unlike it because of like you know the the powdered faces and you'd assume that you'd assume that it's something to do with the atomic uh, wasteland they're in but apparently not like <laughs> it, remind, it reminds me of the um, 
TikTok filter. Because it looks exactly like that. And a lot of people like to do like Joker TikToks with like. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that that one, one, yeah. 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 The uh, also, can you uh, can you let folks know where or like paste the link to that that interview? Like that's the Shoutcast, right? Or like when was what yeah. podcast is that from? Yeah, it's the Shoutcast. The Shout Factory. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah. I think it's the in house. It's the house show for uh, for Shout Factory. But uh, Shout no, Factory, the- I feel like, is what half these after parties we do are. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you know, just shout out to Shout Factory for actually kind of keeping weird movies alive. They're like the Criterion yeah. channel for the weird. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but also well, they're, Shout Factory is all, they're all like ex Rhino people, aren't they? I think oh, some it- of them are. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that like right when Rhino Records kind of went the way they did after you know they didn't really survive the '90s if I remember correctly. Um, that's you know they kind of went they kind of you know I guess it was just natural they would branch out uh, into you know doing like movie revival too because for the longest time they were um, yeah they I could yeah listen to like Doctor Demento in the '90s and like half the ads were were Rhino Records re-released yeah. like you know, a lot very, of great archival cool. stuff. But um, one of the things I did think was really funny that um, he was complaining about you know about ruffled collars in 1788. He's like, no, dude, you're off by 200 years. That's that he's like he's complaining about like you know Elizabethans because ruffled yeah. co- you know kind of like Valentinian like uh not Valentine yeah, Valentine College, but the, yeah, ruffled collars were like were 1588. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, think, yeah he's he complaining the... about things like a boomer, but yeah. he's actually that one generation Harlan Ellison. Uh, <laughs> but he's doing big boomer yeah. complaining energy. He, to, he even said in my day, which is sort of like take a drink, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, he, he uh, bo- boomers are all basically trying to cosplay as Harlan Ellison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carlin Ellison, where's that mashup? You got their dirty words, but but most of them are uh, about parallel universes. And yeah. some in some of the clips that are coming up because he uh, does some weird stand up shit with Josh Olson and some of these clips. Well, you know, as the as the line from uh, as the line from Dark Knight says, you either die, the guy who wrote City on the Edge of Forever, or you live long enough to turn into uh, Harlan Ellison complaining about not never getting credit for writing <laughs> City on the Edge of Forever. Oh no! Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was going to see if Christina had anything to say. I think she's on the show, right? Christina, how, how, how are you doing over there? <laughs> I just this film was a lot to take in, and then I'm it's like, oh, it's it's Dakota Johnson's dad. True. <laughs> sure, I forgot about that. Like, I, I don't think wait, of her. Wait, this as... was before, wait, what? Miami Vice. Yeah, this is way before Miami. This is like ten years. Before this is at oh least God. this is a decade before it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, where's the white? Where's the suit at? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that did not exist yet. That that was uh, unless he got it off of like a, a post-apocalyptic drug dealer at that point, which is supposed to be possible. Um, which yeah, those would be the only people who survived, uh, you know, post World War Four Phoenix. So you know, they would be right. out there. <laughs> yeah, this is like his fifth movie. Um, he was pretty. He's pretty young at the time. Uh, he's got a uh, he's got big Doseki sky energy now. <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does. Yeah. yeah, I think he was like 26 or something when this. Yeah, came out. Like, well, he is a, he... oh, even back then they had young adults playing teenagers. 
<laughs> yeah, he's a, well, yeah, and then so he's supposed to be fifteen, right? And it's like clearly not fifteen, but well, know, I think he's supposed to be eighteen in the uh, in the film. He's eighteen in the, in the story. Yeah. The, the novel, no, the, the, the book, is supposed to be yeah, yeah, 15. yeah. The, I, I, I feel like I feel like the reason that they changed the uh, they changed the age. I mean, you know, is probably because um, not not age of consent stuff, but probably because <laughs> <laughs> but probably probably because he couldn't pull off fifty. I mean, you know, like he he could probably pull off eighteen, even though he looks like an adult. Yeah, but like. Fifteen. Well, that's why yeah. I'm like a boy and his dog. Eighteen is technically an adult. Yeah. Kind of a dude and his dog, frankly. But yeah. there we go. Or, uh, or <laughs> I guess the, the 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 original title of a schmuck and his buddy animal probably <laughs> didn't travel as well. But it's no, it's it's it the didn't same. play. Yeah, it didn't play in Peoria. But it's, I mean, even like back in the even back in the seventy, that's one thing I noticed. Like this was much more. It's a weird mix of like almost verges on Grindhouse. Yeah. But also, Nick, but like there's plenty of like a lot of the production just seems full on like TV movie of like like how, like how they shot it and how they framed it. It's very um, as opposed to like what I mean, even I think George Miller had like, you know, like less resources and still was able to make that look like a proper film. Whereas this thing looked damn, it looked like a TV film. Well, uh, I think, mean, they think, shot think about who made it. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, for LQ Jones is not like a noted director. Like he's more of like a an actor. I think he only he directed like one of their film. I mean, actor, right? He, he directed Devil's Bedroom too, but like that's <laughs> that's that's a uh, we'll charitably say a different sort of film. Uh, but like mm. he only ever directed the two that I'm aware of, and like he just kind of. I, don't, I, I actually don't know why. He did. I mean, I think he's like the story, and it was like, hey, you know what this means? More misogyny. Let's add mm -hmm. more in. All right, I have I have this I have the misogyny clip where oh fantastic uh, because yeah, it, where, this, this this is like maybe one of the most deeply misogynistic films of all time. Apparently, this is like this is the less misogynistic version of what the script originally was. Wow! And since it's I mean I'll leave I can leave us on screen since it's uh you know just audio but yeah, um, yeah. we can all react accordingly. <laughs> Looks like this. It's gonna be rude. I don't mean God, it. I hope so. I, I, I don't mean it to you. be rude. But there's no way of escaping it. Uh-oh. There is <laughs> in you, at 85, a bit of the misogynist. I believe that's true, yes. A bit of the misogynist. Unlike I, who am a stone misanthrope, I despise male and female alike with Evenly. equal vigor. Evenly, right. And right. I had written the story... And the basic concept is, after a debilitating war, whether it's the War of the Roses or the Revolutionary War or World War II, the three things that become most valuable are food, arms, and women. Women get killed as collateral damage. And so the male being the simian that it is, takes women as property. So I thought, okay, I'm going to set it up. The boy, Vic, is just coming into his, into his puberty. So he's, he's hot and horny. Mm -hmm. The dog is able to spot females. So they have a symbiotic relationship. The dog will find females for Vic. Vic will find food and provide cover for the dog. 
and so a boy loves his dog, Albert Payson Terhune. Mm -hmm. And the dog, to make fun of Vic, keeps calling him Albert, Albert. through the whole movie. And of course, Vic doesn't understand what the Albert is all about, but that's half the fun of it because the dog is half making fun of him through the whole damn thing. Well, when you made it, that itty bitty 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 misogynist in you crept in. And when I saw the picture, I yeah, loved itty bitty, it. itty. I, I wouldn't say it, it. crept. I wouldn't say I it crept. I said, This is but... a boy and his dog. It couldn't have been done better. It could have been done better if they had done it by Cecil V. DeMille, for Christ's sake. I said, but the misogynistic shit in it has got to go. It was not just personally offensive to me, it was dangerous because I could see what was coming. In my oracular sense, I knew that women's liberation was on the, was on the horizon. And I had already begun to get some of that. And I said, we've got to get... I feel like there. it's not like and a premonition in 1975. I feel like that was just something that was happening, but, you know. That were very misogynistic. <laughs> but we changed it because you you spoke up. Well, uh, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll get okay. to that. Yeah. Okay. You think it's that fucking easy. Well, not that It wasn't easy. that fucking easy. No. <laughs> I practically had to break every bone in your goddamn plastic Plus, body. you had to raise the money. I had to raise the money. Right. Okay. But, 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 but I... My, I'm being smeared here. I can't understand it. Go ahead. Okay. Well, this is the first time I've had to confront you. Right. With and this. it's the truth, so it's hard to it's, dodge. Right. It was it was so, so bad, I cringed. But I, being naive in the business, thought that all you had to do was just throw it back up on the boards. And you could just... You know, take a minute. Dub it. it, right? right. You'll dub it. You'll get Don Johnson to uh, to, to to dub it, or you'll get uh, uh, um, who did the voice of the dog? Uh, Tim McIntyre. Tim McIntyre. Tim McIntyre to do the voice of Blood, and <clears throat> so I didn't say much about it that day, but as days followed, I began to dog you like an Irish banshee, <laughs> every hour on the hour. The phone rang. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I would call. Thank God I didn't say pun, not, pun not intended. Often, but it was often enough <laughs> that I would call you and I would say, listen, you woman-hating piece of dog shit, you. You stinking zebra shit. This is our friend friendship talking. Yeah, right. right. Okay. I said, don't right. you understand? <laughs> Women will find this offensive. You cannot keep referring <laughs> to Quilla June as a sow, as a cow. Cow was the main one. Yeah. Cow was the main one. I said, oh, yeah, let's all, get that clarification. You're putting there, yeah. anthropomorphism yeah. into the mouth of the dog. That's yeah. why it was wrong. Yeah. The dog is smarter than you or I. The uh, first thing wow. that happens in this film is they encounter a crater in, wi in, in which uh, the, uh, the gang is, uh, you know, assaulting the family that's in there. Yep. That's uh, although, 
Yeah, the uh, very first, and I did. The, the, although that is one thing that I hadn't realized until rewatching the film uh, is like after uh, reading up and reading the novella and then reading up on the series is that they actually incorporate. Like they mention the stuff that happens in the other stories because like this was originally going to be yeah it's like a like, series of stories right series of stories yes and that, that I think yeah. that Harlan wanted to do an entire I guess was working on an entire novel for that I don't know if he ever actually finished the, the misogynistic cinematic universe if you will there you go. <laughs> well I mean <laughs> no, no, I think no, he, he was yeah he was he yeah, wasn't no, exactly no. treading on uh, treading on new ground there I think that was more given yeah. the state of of uh Wait till they hear about L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, or of uh, men's men's action series publishing by then. That was uh, kind of oh, a staple. Yeah. I mean, you got to remember, uh, Ian Fleming had been you know had been a publishing success for twenty years before that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the James Bond books are deep, but um, more so even than the movies, which is impressive. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I, this thing. Oh, sorry. Oh no. What I was gonna say is this: if, if this one word to describe this film repeatedly, and I've seen it over and over again, kinky. Hmm. Hmm. That's your descriptor. Wait, whose descriptor is that? It's like literally like I'm looking at the IMDb page, and it's like oh, a okay. tag tagline: an R-rated, rather kinky tale of survival. <laughs> kinky, huh? I mean, Barbarella is kinky. This is uh, yeah. I don't. I don't get this kink. I don't this get it either. <laughs> I mean, like it's not. It, it, it's not as uncomfortable as like the road. Uh, but no, like, I mean the road's just depressing. I want to kill myself after yeah. that movie. Yeah, <laughs> we're not covering the road because it's 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 a wonderfully made film, wonderfully acted. Nothing to complain about, other than the fact that it is fucking depressing. Other than um, we wouldn't live to the end of it because we all would have snuffed it by that point. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I've never you know one of those movies I've never. And by it, I mean the show and doing that an episode on that. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, like it, it's just brutal it's an it's a, it's a nasty brutal brutish movie I, but christina i'm i'm not in, i'm not interested in imdb's opinions i'm interested in your opinions on, oh. uh, well, first of all those, well, those... Like, well i was doing re like doing like a little bit like a research and i'm like you know what's the best way to describe this film and some people were saying kinky and i was like kinky is like no, no kinky no, maybe. i get it was the 70s but like come on like there's yeah that's rape in this film like that's not no it's not like I feel like it has to be like sexually suggestive to be so, and it's uh, this is not sexually suggestive at all. Like it's very, wow. you know. yeah. It, it, I mean, it's not as overtly. I mean, it's not as explicitly detailed as like Harlan got in the story, where he just yeah. starts describing the uh, you know the guy the uh, the porn theater the guy goes to, but yeah. it's still it's like what what do you the very. Um, the 70s were an odd time. Uh, Apparently, the the official descriptor in the movie poster is a rather kinky tale of survival. So maybe that's why that came from, which that seems like vision boarding to me because I, I, I didn't get that. Yeah, <laughs> not this at all. I didn't get that out when I watched this. I was like, this is not like ooh. it's more like, ooh. Yeah, like, ooh. Yeah. like ugh. Talk about cringe was invented in the seventies. <laughs> well, and I think that like it would it would also fall into the trope of the uh, victim of uh, you know sexual assault, like falling for the assaulter if she didn't have her own agenda. Of which we can talk about those motivations and whether or not they were or were not valid. But it definitely yeah. like rides that line of like, oh come on, really? Like that isn't how that works. <laughs> and, it, and it seemed like that was a common trope the the victim falling for like a rapist even with or without oh, yeah. an agenda i mean we saw in jenner hospital luke and lord like a lot of people forget that oh 
you know, one of the most iconic moments was when Luke raped Lauren that disco uh, place, that disco club. For real? Wow. Yes. And then the wedding happened and it was like a big, like millions and millions, like the most watched soap opera event in history. And people just all is forgiven. But then every yeah. once in a while, they're like, yeah, you have to tell your kids that you raped the mom. And it's just, you know. Mm. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You see, this is why I watched all my children growing up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they even, they, I mean, General Hospital was such a thing that they referenced that and the characters. I mean, they didn't reference that plot line, but they definitely referenced the characters on like, you can't do that on television sketches. Yeah. Well, yeah, so because it because it, it has this cultural saturation that is uh, yeah. devoid of context. You know, right? That yeah. people like or people or or, or like the reformed rapist too. Like that was also like another like trope that that was kind of uh, common as well. Right. But there's nothing really much <laughs> like you would think. Yeah. Like every like that's what I was thinking while I was watching this film. I was like, does it have any redeeming qualities? Because eesh. I don't think really anybody does. Like, like every single person in this film is, that. yeah, pretty much I the guess. worst, except for arguably not the dog. But even then, he's a yeah, dog. He's like he's like you know helping. He's like he's like aiding and abetting rape. Um, yeah, exactly. Can't, how good can he be? Yeah, yeah. And then like like he's also listening to police dogs. I mean, come on, we, we all know don't trust police dogs. Even a cab, you know, a -cab includes dogs police and police dogs. horses. Yes. <laughs> A C D A B, all cop dogs. Are bad. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, but, but narratively, like uh, allegorically, the idea of there, you know, there being a uh, you know post-apocalyptic rebuilding of society based upon uh, some sort of perceived normality and stuff. That that's actually fairly common. Uh, it's in it's in Snowpiercer in the comics, not actually in the first volume. I think it's actually it's in the second or third volume. I can't remember which one. Um, that of course was not in the, the classic. Uh, bong movie but the uh it's it's been used a lot in the fiction of like how do you rebuild and then also you think about like it's not always the best people that like are building these societies and they have these ideas yeah. and like they may or may not be religious they're usually based on ego frankly yeah. and they want to repopulate society and it, that normally doesn't mean good times for the girls yeah which um was kind of, yeah, it definitely is a running theme as long as there have been, you know, post-apocalyptic films. I mean, like I said, yeah. it's there's a little, you know, the little clip of of Strange Love that it pops up in there where, you know. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. It's like we're um where I can't I can't do I can't remember the line, but he talks about how like, you know, they would have, you know, certain, you know, certain, you know, you talk about like, you know, certain men would have like uh, would would you know would would effectively I think it was George C. Scott bragging that you know certain people would be like would get like uh, better places in line to help repopulate things. Right, right. Implying but, um, harems and like multiple, you know, like polygamous marriages, obviously f favoring dudes. Clearly, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah this I mean, uh, though I, one thing um, I think we can connect this to, and this like, maybe like. It's almost like like um, post-apocalyptic films as like a as like a sort of western, or even you could even I guess almost even like a post-western of like they're yeah. both kind of they need, um, or they both share the idea of like there's like you know kind of a completely like lawless, hyper-violent, a lot of firearms like you know, um, you know just disparate 
you know, lack of society of just like people killing each other, where it's kind of a thing where it's like, no, um, even though that, that's, I think there are tropes of the genre, even though it's like we have, we, that's <laughs> one of the things that Peter Fraze po- uh, points out in his book, Four Futures, that like, you know, we have had, we've had multiple apocalypses on this planet already. I mean, we we uh, most of us, uh, uh, everybody here. We just live through a mundane apocalypse. Yeah, we live through. Yeah, we live through mundane one. Yeah, we live on a. Uh, I mean, most of us, everybody in this conversation is living on a continent that had a massive that lot. You know, had a massive die off of most of its of most of its indigenous and inhabitants. You know, only a couple a couple centuries ago um or you know for the longest time and it's a thing of it's similar to like uh, in the fallout games like they, they kind of help but, but it's almost like you know you need to have uh and eventually the you can only have this kind of i don't want to say liminal but definitely just kind of like vague you know kind of chaotic space before something else gets rebuilt and kind of like social rules start getting populated again and so at some point like you know the fallout series can only you know play in such a little you know technically such a little like span of time before what happens next is just gonna you know you know these systems are going just going to regenerate themselves yeah, I just, you know, I just, I can't believe that this film takes place in 2024. So this shit's gonna be happening in like what a year and a half. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's it'll be for just in time for the presidential election, right? Well, I mean, the the I think the World War Four took place. They said it was like five days. World War Four took place in what was it ninety in like the nineties? I can't remember what. Um, Here's the uh, movie poster uh, that has the a rather kinky tale of survival. Uh, <laughs> it just has a mushroom cloud. It's just a mushroom cloud with a smiley face. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's you know it's and uh, that's it's quirky. Yeah, it's crazy. And that's not even the only movie poster. There's the other one that's much more like deliberately like psychedelic, like counterculture. Yeah. Or we're gonna have like a you know. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll but, throw that one up too. It's uh, it's, it's 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 kind of like it's uh not disruptive it, it's like misleading in a different way uh yeah because people will be like oh this is a film to get horny for and i'm like nope 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 <laughs> nope not. you will not nope, your boner nope. will disappear immediately <laughs> unless you're a rapist in which case uh you know which uh, i dig but, those 70s posters like that yeah it, it like a future you'll probably live to see is a good tagline that's way better i think than the very kinky tale of survival but yeah you have uh yeah yeah, you know, you you you've got what I can assume is uh, Quilla down there, uh, nearly naked, or just generic woman, because obviously it doesn't matter. They're just objects, right? Um, Speaking of a rather <laughs> kinky tale of survival, I gotta block these. Uh... <laughs> oh, I thought I already got them. <laughs> the porn bots. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, there's something about this movie that brings up the porn bots. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> You know, speaking you of on, on YouTube when you get those. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Quilla, uh, Christina, what do you, how do you feel about her as a character? Uh, she did what she had to do. <laughs> she, I mean, she has a pretty well articulated plan. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, not, you know, sad is a different question, but yeah, but like you know, a lot of people feel like when it comes to like the male characters i'm like you know don't underestimate these female characters because like you know some of them are you might every for every victim you will find one that's not going to be necessarily the victim but someone who's going to you know try to put a stop to whatever i mean and she's not she's she's not a victim right like she they put her out there as bait and she agrees to that 
like yeah. the yeah. the rape part. I mean, because he is going around raping people, and you know they're like wasting women away and fucking killing them, like, and and that's horrific. But the Quilla June character is interesting because they they don't do that to her. She's actually put herself out there as bait because she thinks that she can gain political leverage from it, which you have to assume that yeah, both she can Quilla, be on their council or, or but whatever. You have to, but you have to assume yeah. that both Quilla June and um you know and uh Vic are the generation after you know all of this has happened. So they've only known this society. They've they've only been raised. Oh. Oh my God! They're Zoomers. He's right. They're, they're the Zoomers of this apocalypse. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons why blood is like always kind of like, uh, you know, half playing the role of like the smarmy teacher to him, right? Because like it's, he doesn't know from like any of this history or any of this stuff. Yeah. You'd assume you'd assume that you know you'd want to forget like Nixon and, and like LBJ <laughs> existed and shit. But. Well, yeah, I think yeah, um, also yeah for those for sharp-eyed people in the audience. Uh, the dog is played by Tiger, who played one of the dogs on the Brady Bunch. Uh, at least until they stop, uh, for many reasons, not all of them good. They stopped having the dog on the, uh, the Brady Bunch. I thought but, um, at least they didn't use CGI. I love how in the movie she's like, Carol's like, "Go get him, Tiger," and she's like, "Tiger, Tiger, whatever happened to that dog?" And I'm like, "Yeah, whatever happened to the cat too?" <laughs> the um. But no, I like it, if nothing else, it is the rare thing where you have, um, where he is both, um, blood is both like sidekick, but also mentor. But yeah. you know, it's like dog sidekick, but it meant, you know, because you, but also, yeah, and the uh, the older, wizened one who's capable of the stuff. And, and I'm just re realizing that the one of the other Western tropes that gets played in is of, um, uh, Don Johnson as like the man with no name type of yeah, who's brought yeah. in, who was brought into this this brought into this like pastoral situation this in this particular society and particular social hierarchy by like one of the members deliberate who tries to use this out you know this inter the, the, this outside force to kind of screw things up to gain their own you know to both yeah, disrupt to, to be used also, used as a weapon. Uh, yeah, for a political game. brought yeah, him yeah, brought yeah. him in to kill yeah, just to kill like she said you you know here these are the people you have to and like when they're escaping she goes off these are the people you have to kill yeah um, uh, like i said I mean, got which is his own plan about it right i mean he's got a plan which is <laughs> his own version of that which is the, the its own version of the same kind of i mean not the same kind of but a similar kind of rape right like they're going up there they're grabbing uh young men who want to rape these women using you know using a young woman whether it's um whether whether it's like uh, you know, Quilla June or assumably other people that might just be put on the farm afterwards or whatever, but like they're Which grabbing the farm these... is let's let's be clear the farm is they go get killed, like they, yeah, it's like well, they say heart attack or cancer, they give them some, yeah, so yeah. um, but like, but but assumably, uh, you know, they're they're grabbing these young boys the same way that he's grabbing these girls, kind of, you know what I mean, and he's victimized well, and, they're, by they're, that. They're, and then they, they waste they, the body well, away the same way that he would do to the girls at the end of it. Right, they 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 use them as as studs for until they feel like they've gotten to the point that, uh, you know, it's a diminishing returns, and they send them to the farm, aka kill yeah. them, you know. So it's which it, is that better than than being chattel? Like I don't know. Like it's it's a different form of being chattel, really. But like it's, it's yeah, it's, just, it's the same. Di I mean, it's the similar dynamic, right? Like it's the yeah. disposability of human life, which kind of goes back to what he's talking about, uh, Harlan Ellison, where he's like, I'm a misanthrope. I'm not misogynist because yeah. within this universe all life is disposable i mean unless you're like yeah. you know the white face council people that are just kind of chilling and 
you know, clown face, insane <laughs> yeah. clown posse. Or the or the uh, or the fucking uh, android that they built. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, it's like the the Jokerified Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. There you go. The um, I think I do. Th- I did like the um. That's kind of it had been a trope by that point, but yeah, how the um. <laughs> the, yeah, the 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 accomplice, the the villain sidekick, villain sidekick, strong henchman, strongman was the secret site, you know, secret android all along, which yeah. is, I mean, even by that point, wasn't well, was a well played out trope. I mean, uh, on what, how many episodes of uh, Star Trek and all the other like uh, '60s genre series? Not to mention once you get to once you get to uh, either you know going through Westworld to getting to the point of like now you're into like mid '70s six million dollar man type of thing. Right. And I just love the line, you know, let's get another George out of the, uh, uh, uh. yeah, you know, I like they can see have a bunch of them just laying around. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go get another Michael in the same see if you can oh, get, Michael, engineering, yes. get engineering to take that smile off his face. They said, yeah, they said like in the warehouse too, like as if, you know, they're all just kind of warehouse to be uh henchmen. They're like, just go get another henchman. We'll be fine. Let's go grab one. That's yeah. That's, <laughs> that's definitely one of those things that show that really does show up later. The, the same kind of vibe and kind of a joke that would show up in the, uh, especially in the fallout games that, yeah, definitely you'd have a, um, you'd have the, the vault, you know, a particular vault dwellers. Cause like, I mean, they're literally, you know, the underground, you have a cut off underground vault society. It w- definitely would have like an enforced, you know, this kind of like enforcer uh you know is a terminator <laughs> yeah. which is which is itself that's another uh harlan ellison uh possible reference yep. for those of you who have ever read demon with the glass hand i think actually did ellison did sue james cameron didn't he yes he did okay just 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 making sure um that's definitely yeah. a thing that would show up in like in like either the wasteland or the fallout games of like you would have like the local yokel farmer uh you know dude who turns out was also the enforcer and an android like why not <laughs> but um I, it's something like one of the comments in one of the youtube comments i wanted to mention of uh from uh, frodo about it seems like every 70s woman tend to have a naked woman in every film that's <laughs> called uh that is um that is how genre you know this is think well think roger corman that is how genre films were made or got you know got funded have you ever Plus, seen the movie Badass uh, with uh, Mario Van Peebles? It's, a, it's a film about uh, Melvin Van Peebles. Definitely worth your time watching uh, uh, where Mario gets to play his father uh, and he directs the film too. Um, but, but one of the, Oh, scenes, it's the biopic about him making sweet, sweet backs. Yes. Okay. Uh, one of the first scenes is, is, uh, is, is, you know, uh, Melvin saying like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to shoot the sex scene first. Everybody thinks we're making a porno and then they'll leave us alone. And we can just shoot the, whatever kind of movie we want. So smart. <laughs> Solid <laughs> logic. So I, found, which so I, looked, I looked up the description of Vic. Vic is a Caucasian male who was born in 2006. Oh my God. 2006. It's so long ago. His hair color is dirty blonde. His eyes are blue green. His height is 5'10 average. And his shoe size is 10. Hmm. How do they know his shoe size? Where, 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 where do you get this from? Again, you don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> And they, well, they, he, you know the council. The council. They're like rapedog.com. They probably like have to like measure every little light just to make sure like this is a perfect specimen to repopulate the world. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, two. I think the other couple of notes of um. Well, one of the the age of the characters, the uh, there's always been a thing of, and this still happens now of, um, 
<laughs> because you can't, you know, uh, any sure any depiction of teenage sexuality gets real dicey real quick. So they will always age up characters to be at least plain eighteen, even yeah. if they're being portrayed by thirty year olds. Yeah, I mean, they did. They this was a thing where, like. Alex in Clockwork Orange, I think in the original story, he's somewhere between like 13 and 15. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that when we did Clockwork Orange about like the, the aging up. They, and, even, won, they yeah. even based the trailer for this film off of a Clockwork Oranges. Yeah. A, well, I mean, a more modern example of that is Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, um, Game of Thrones, they advance it, but and also, but it, um, a contemporary of this film, Logan's Run, because in, in the yeah. book, Logan is what, 16? Is it 16 or 18 or something like that? Yeah. And, and they change it to, uh, was it 32 or sorry, 28 or something? I can't remember what it is. Or 30, yeah. More than that. Because 30, Basil, Expo yeah, Bas no way in hell. Basil yeah, Basil <laughs> Exposition could not portray uh, a teenager right well in that yeah. film. But anyway. Although I am kind of curious what the um, all of the attempts that the attempts at sequels to Logan's Run, either done by the original author all the way through Ken Levine after he made um, like the la after he made the Bioshock series, what those actually would have turned out to be, and. I don't know, maybe we were spared because they were never actually made. Although at this point, you got to be surprised why no one has grabbed one and turned it into like some sort of, uh, you know, streaming series by now, because it has all the uh, sex and violence you'd ever want that could justify, uh, you know, could justify that kind of a thing. I mean, well, it also so has the character back, of Box, which is incredible. But we're already pretty far afield from uh, the movie we're sensing. Well, we well go, so going back to yeah. this, um, it's well, interesting that you know, doing research into a boy and his dog, like uh, Harlan Ellison, really thought about the age of his character. I, was, I almost said age of consent. Thought about the age of his character. He might have been thinking about uh, that too. Yeah, he's that a libertarian, so he um, might have been. Uh, <laughs> the age of consent had its own. So that was he, definitely so a seventies thing. He thought he thought so like a lot about it, and like he he picked the. Uh, peak fertile age i guess where the hormones are coursing most of the body and that's why he picked you know 15 rather than um and then you know he, he talks about it i think in I have, I have this clip but i'm not gonna play the whole thing because it's a few minutes but uh this is this is him talking about it with josh olson um so, so it's like that phase yeah no he literally but he like josh olson come on the show thank you yeah yeah if you if you like again if you haven't heard of him check out josh olson's podcast he does some an interesting pod work he has, he, has a, he has a few of them he has the west wing thing uh, yeah west wing thing is really good over it's over yeah yeah he's doing uh audited now, so. leaping the correct the second anybody says mm -hmm. it whoa, 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 actually actually <laughs> Like movies that made me is going strong though, and that's when the only yes. other good movie goes, frankly, if, if you ask me, which nobody did. But <laughs> I was going to ask you later. <laughs> he's got he's got some other one too that's uh, supposed to be pretty. I forget what I forget what it's called. But he's got a new one as well. <laughs> Do you know what John means? <laughs> no, not you. You know what he means because he know. <laughs> you got a fucking beard. You ought to act like a man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus grows a beard. You know what a beard used to signify? I've been on the road and I haven't had a chance to shave. <laughs> Big boomer energy Damn, once again. No, you're it. It's like looking for the sucker in the poker game. If you can't find him, you're it. <laughs> okay. When LQ got done, I wrote only about, actually wrote, the script for about the first three minutes of the script. The meanest line in this movie is mine. 
where Vic gets down into the into the uh, the store or whatever it is that's ruined, and the woman has been raped and killed by the Rover Pack. You, do you remember that far back? That was about 80 minutes ago. Good. They're in rat armor. Like pupae. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're hanging on your every word. Explain pupae to them. Then. I don't know what that means. I'm just <laughs> It is the Latin plural of pupa. A pupa, yes. You know what a pupa is. How many have no fucking idea what we're talking about up here? Larvae, pupa, butterflies, anyone who raises their hand. Centipede, Richard Nixon, all of these <laughs> all of these unearthly looking stages are called Jesus Christ, why did you say He's doing so much crowd work? But <laughs> the, uh, Harlan, he really the, uh, champion of crowd work here, yeah. Okay. In the first scene, if I do that, I'm not putting it on. It's really hurting me, folks, and you'll see tears come to my eyes, which ought to really cheer a lot of you assholes up. Uh, Vic is trying to stay out of the way of the rover pack with blood, and blood is telling them where they are and telling them how they, they got a woman trapped down there and blah, blah, blah. There's some cans down there, whatever the hell it is. And, uh, and they wait, and the rover pack leaves, and Vic goes down and carefully begins investigating this underground, which is either a, a wrecked store that's been covered over or a hospital. It doesn't matter what it is. And there's a woman lying dead on the table. You can see her legs, and they have repeatedly pulled a train on her, for those of you who know what the phrase means, uh, and for, for those of you who do not, uh, blissful darkness, they live in a blissful darkness. There's a soft, gentle breeze playing through the savannah between their ears. It's always good to come out and meet people like you. Would you like fries with it? <laughs> you know the gag ain't gonna work. You know that I, do, I look with disdain and contempt on any fool. <laughs> we have we have machine gunners posted at all the all the I guess it's the other clip where he talks about it, but he talks about how he wrote the uh, the character of of I he, I don't even know what he's talking about in that clip, but he talks about he's how, doing crowd work. He's, he's, he's always he speaking speaking of of um apparently these controversies and disputes he's had throughout his career. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In the his entire career. Yeah. No, no, he's notoriously feuding with this one, with that one, suing this one, standing up for that one. Like it's, it's, it's. it's he's exhausting. a fascinating guy. I, I mean, absolutely yeah. is. Uh, and some of his writing is actually really good too. Uh, but then there's this, yeah. uh, which I'm yeah, not going to say. It's bad anytime, writing, it's just uh, a yeah. weird idea. And I think, I think, um, I don't know if you guys remember the uh, the sad puppies from a few years ago. What? The 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 thing the the thing around oh, the Hugo okay. Awards. Yes, it was. It, yes. imagine it was a very it was a post game recent Gamergate era. It was pre, it was between Gamergate and Trump. Yes, uh, basically, what happened is that they were mad that uh, people uh, who were uh, not whites got uh, got nominated for stuff. So they they oh, ended up getting Chuck Tingle that. nominated, who who wrote basically like you know like Trump gets. Uh, you know, poked up the butt by a dinosaur or something like that, and um, <laughs> like just just the classic sketch. novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, just look up Chuck Tingle. He writes like seven books a month, and they're all Turn this like off really and look that up. It's a good easier yeah. time. <laughs> yes, um, uh, you know the blue wave bang Trump in the rear. Yeah, they're insane yeah. books. Fantastic. Is this story have an end, or is it going to keep going? Yeah. yeah where, uh, what is, how does this connect to Harlan Ellison? 
Um, it just seems like like Harlan Ellison was like uh, you know probably would have been like their 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 like like spiritual leader uh, for this kind of uh, sure. movement. Oh, it for, doesn't for, connect. Uh, to Harlan. <laughs> okay, okay. So 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 there's a show. Yeah, called well, he was Mr. he was dead by the time this whole thing happened. Uh, right. So so yeah, but but like you know the people who read this book, the people who who enjoyed this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 which which does exist in the sci-fi community, you know, uh, got really really mad. It is uh, what I'm uh, trying to say. And, uh, you know, there's a uh, there's a show called Mythic Quest about like these game developers. Uh, Rob McElhaney from um, uh, from It's Always Sunny is in it. Uh, And uh, really, really awesome show. Really hilarious. But there's like the writer of the game, which is basically what you can call like the the crusty sci fi guy. Right, like like he he won like a like a uh, the 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 award. Was it Nebula? Is the Nebula award the sci-fi one? If I remember correctly, yeah. Uh, Or the Hugh, or is it Hugh? Whatever. He won a sci-fi award like in the seventies, and like ends up writing for this game, right? Because they, but like it's hilarious because all of his like stories, like it's clearly like based. Like first thing I thought when I saw this character, I was like, oh, this is like more comedic, like Carlin Ellison type where like, he's just like got all these, this kind of irascible character that uh, whatever, and not solely that, but like, it's interesting when people think of that trope, the trope of like that, the, like the, the crusty old sci-fi writer that did all the drugs and like, you know, has all the opinions about everything and was feuding with this one and that one. It's like, it's like, no, that's like literally one dude. <laughs> like, because oh, Philip K. Dick was like the, the paranoiac and L. Ron Hubbard's the one that founded the religion, but Harlan Ellison is the one that had like this, endless you know uh jihad against like his peers basically it's uh it's interesting that uh the book of a boy and his dog also got a nebula and the movie script got a nebula and he got a hugo for um for the script i think too so like they this this movie they're taking it around to all the different sci-fi you know right conventions and stuff and showing it to like college campuses where you know assumably the, the people that would be going to like the conservative speaker uh places today would just go and watch fucking a boy and his dog before it got released <laughs> in theaters with uh you know lq jones and... big with libertarians yeah. cool guys <laughs> doing cool guy stuff what's the problem i mean yeah what, what what's the best way to describe like the genre of this film i feel like it's a mm, like a sci-fi post apocalyptic Apocalyptic Western, libertarian wet dream. <laughs> I was gonna There's say, no cor- yeah, like, I don't see any corporations though. Stephen Crowder like- vision boarding. I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> but, like, yeah, no, well, yeah, yeah. Stephen okay. Crowder's vision boarding would uh would involve a lot less uh rape, at least of women. I think he's not very. You're thinking uh, about Walsh. I, I, I appreciate the correction, but like whatever. I, like the fact that I invoke <laughs> any of these people that I loathe even ever be mentioned on this show and are constantly being mentioned on this show should show how far I was willing to go for the bit. No, but, I appreciate uh, it. Uh, the um the thing that we haven't talked about at all is like the tele or like very little is the telepathic dog. Who has to be oh, one no. of the one of the more interesting like talking dogs in cinema, right? Because he's yes. well, he's like, too, like the, the, a the, the, He's a misanthropic the, dick. It's yeah. it's him and it's uh Mr. Peabody from from Rocky and Bullying. Why do you say that? But yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but like it's, it's also, like the shaggy dog gone terribly wrong. And and it's in, the power dynamic of it is interesting because like he is telepathic, but he's lost the ability to hunt, so therefore can't provide for his own food so that's hence the symbiosis of like him the, them being a team which i think is interesting right because it's like they don't they don't go <laughs> they don't explain it at all really as to why it is like oh no that's just a thing that happened and you don't need to doesn't need to matter 
Yeah, and they kind of you know, fuck you with it, right? Like they kind of because like you have Quilla June asking like, "Wait, why can't I hear the dog?" And like, how did you end up talking to the dog? And fucking Vic has no answers for her. Like she, you could assume that she's the audience standing at that point. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Just be like, what? He, what? he, he just then, hand, yeah, he hand waves it away. He's like, yeah, okay. we're done. Well, no, he just like, well, I, and then she's trying to talk to the dog as if you would talk to a dog, and the dog has got his own monologue going, is working as a yeah. sort of like, and then just growls at her. It's like, like, ah, oh, leave me alone. Which makes a lot of it makes a lot of sense that uh, Harlan Ellison views himself as the dog character, like, <laughs> totally views, the dog character. Yeah. So he so he views the novella as a conversation with himself, like a running conversation with himself between the smart version of himself and like the retarded version of himself, pretty much, like the you know, like the the very very like genetically chromosomally stupid uh, yeah. version of himself. So he sees it as like a, a running dialogue in his own head. Which what like once you know that and once you've seen how like off the walls his energy is, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, that makes sense. Like this, this is going through like a boy and his dog is just going through this guy's mind constantly. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, Hubert Selby Jr. was equally as much of a crankcase uh, and also a fantastic writer in his own like, but didn't come off as much of as a boomer. Even though like Harlan Ellison's definitely a silent generation. There's some big okay boomer energy with most of the things he's saying. <laughs> peace and love, peace and love. But it's yeah. just interesting how far off things have, you know, when people especially like back like 40, 50 years ago when they think of like the 2020s or the 2000s, you know, it's so much different from what it is what the reality that we've lived in. Like they think things are just so far off and it's so apocalyptic and vacant and empty or we have a flying cars. And I'm over here like when things change, things actually stay the same in the end. The I think there's a uh, there's a good a couple good reasons for that, too. Oh, yeah. should I elucidate? But OK, the actually it was the um, one of them is. I think because the, the in the 80s, what we uh, science fiction changed. And what we thought the future was going to look like changed too. And I actually, I was listening to, I think I got this because it was a friend of the show. Uh, actually, I don't know if he's actually been on this one or not, but anyway, he's definitely been on stuff that uh, shows that I've been on a show, but like uh, Derek Varn on his show was interviewed. Oh, he's been on I here think, plenty. Yeah. We, okay, yeah. cool. It was yeah. on here. Was, well, Derek was talking to, I think you guys was did it, an episode together. <laughs> Can't remember like, you, were on, you were on an episode together. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm only specifically calling you out because you specifically called it out. That's the only reason. Okay. Anyway, but the but the uh but Derek obviously a real memorable one for you. Yeah. I remember. Uh, I, I, I I'm a you know I'm a DSA member. I'm a, I talk to screens all the week every week. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those ones that had like a whole baseball team full of people on the screen too. Real Hollywood Squares energy. Anyway. Oh yes, that that was that one. But the the he an interview with uh was it Elizabeth? with sandifer i think their name was but talking about um but like but, but it was about like cyberpunk and like why why did the 80s cyberpunk kind of like why did that stick and like earlier ver oh. forms of sci-fi didn't and i think one of the com one of the, th the things that they bring up is that space was kind of a, in the 70s space became a no-go or rather it was kind of it kind of fizzled out because because we won the you know we won the uh, the space race so all of a sudden um and uh domestic funding you know defect domestic uh defense funding went to other projects so space is a thing that went where we were gonna you know that's where the future was um the yeah future. well and then also and challenger really put the nail in the coffin too yeah right? uh, so yeah. for that same thing and that's it's, one of the reasons why andy and i will always bring up for all mankind until 
eternity and uh that like it's great speculative fiction about what if the space race had gone a different way and it's it's done by the same guy who um was the best part of next generation as a writer and Balsar galactica the good one <laughs> and deep space yeah, i mean the, the collapse of our space and a lot more stuff other than that but that's a matter yeah 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 the, the you know the collapse of our space program also like opened up the uh you know the the elon musk rise to power with the privatization efforts after uh because nasa wasn't doing anything anymore after fucking challenger and yeah. after like you know some pretty high profile mistakes that yeah. they could just kind of sell off well, pieces of our of our you know space technology sector because which they get what, into and for all mankind but like and, it's thwarted and now <laughs> there's so many different like aspects of like this specific genre when it comes to like a pokes like apocalyptic it, it could be like zombie apocalypse it could be like yeah. oh there's only like a cult that's just trying to survive um, you got, you know, people go into space. I mean, don't look up, no spoilers or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, there's so many different, different yeah. avenues. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's in the title. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating. Like I went into this a little bit when I did that, uh, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll keep elucidating on this for the rest of the month, I guess a good word. I'm glad I just used that one. But uh, no, I'll keep elucidating on this for the rest. <laughs> That's not how you spell Sean, but, um, but uh, no, I'll, I'll keep elucidating on this for Still the rest funny. of for for the rest of the month, I guess probably. But um, you know the the idea that the first uh, you know before um, you know the Cold War and before we had like atomic bombs as a concept, right? Like natural disasters were the big uh, apocalypse. Like I don't know, like that that's the thing. Like either a giant tsunami or like a comet, which the first movie Sharpedo. I guess ever. I watched through I watched through a lot of it to do that uh, intro. You, I I don't think you ever see the comet. Kind of, uh, kind of felt cheated by that, but uh, you know, uh, but well, like, so it's all natural disasters, and then you get into the area where it's 1950s, 1960s, and it's both, you know, the space race, but also just uh, any kind of atomic situation where it's like, you know, radiation has right. covered everything, including this movie, you know, like into the 70s. I feel like with climate change, now we're back to a, a strong, uh, like natural disasters theme where it's like yeah it's the day after tomorrow yeah. 2012 1982 well, just real quick i've brought, i've invoked on the show before there's a great movie called the atomic cafe and it's all about like cold war propaganda and talking about that same time period and like sort of the you know the duck and cover and, and, and like all that like the, the the idea of like oh yeah the bombs can be dropped at any moment now um like and like what led to like an entire generation of of, of people kind of looking at as like <laughs> formative years as children it's really it's really funny that we're back at a place first during the trump administration where he went back and forth with north korea and with uh you know iran like just back and forth and back and forth threatening to drop uh you know bombs on each other and turn the world into a wasteland and now with russia we're very very close to the edge and with china we're like we're like flirting with the edge of world war three right now and it just seems like nobody really cares like we're, we just need a world war, world war four yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just well, a couple of things. I just looked at my notes and just reminded something. Well, one one of the other films of like, uh, you know, uh, post-apoc future sci-fi action, but also you're just like, too busy to say the whole word. Huh? It's got to be post-apoc. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, uh, the, in here. Yeah. I was gonna say it sounds like a great. Well, I'm sorry. We well, we are, we are in the post-apoc era. The but. Rare. Zardos comes out in 74, 75. Yeah. And Zardos also had like a bunch, you know, a bunch of weird costumes and a bunch of just a match of like sexual uh sexual assault. So it was um it was of a but the two of the things of um but Christina, as you point, you know, talking about 
you know, we lost our future. And um, what did what was the saying attributed to Frederick Jameson about writing about this kind of stuff is it is better to envision the end of the world than it is to envision the envision the end of capitalism. And so, yeah, that's where we're starting it and getting into like Mark Fisher and even, um, you know, was it Derrida who did ontology? I can't remember who, or, uh, or is it Jameson who did ontology? Like the fear of the loss of the future. Like we don't have a, we don't really have a, an idea of the future anymore. Um, it's all just kind of like, you know, I think it was vague the sex but but no yeah that's but that's the thing is like it used to you know there was a time and this film did come out in an era where like there was still um even with you know cold war i mean this was the 70s were like cold war detente so it wasn't as nearly as bad as like you know as the uh as like our childhood well, some of our childhood in the in the in the uh, Reagan era in the Reagan eighties, where they fired that shit back up, um, <laughs> where yeah, but it was still kind of like they could you know there's still a thing of like you know, uh, you know we're all what was the, what was Chris Wells line you know we are all concerned about the future you and I because that is where we are going to spend the rest of our lives right, right, <laughs> at the beginning right. of um of that of a particular Edward film, yeah. Yeah, but, isn't, and it, isn't that uh, the Plan Nine, right? Yeah, it's Plan Nine. That is, um, yeah. But I think, and, but it's also a thing of of looking at of like the, the how the all of these forecasts of the future was kind of a thing where everybody was everybody was because of the fact that all the people when they were making these films back then, like technological progress was so very both like. Like the jumps were so dramatic, but it's also so very explicit. Like it was like, you know, big and, you know, um, it's dramatic like the topic switching on this show. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, but it's, but it's kind of a thing where like, you know, we're looking at now and like, just think, think in terms of video game graphics where like all of the easy um, in terms of you go from various eras of video game consoles and now we get to the point where it's just now incremental progress but requiring much more resources. It's like all of the very um, technical, you know, kind of very easily represented uh, technology. Like we solved a lot of the very easy problems early on. So you went from nothing to all of a sudden, you know, Hey, we got this thing called electricity. You go from having, you know, just mass electrification to within 30 years having, you know, actually not even that. Like some people, places got electrified and then got television within 20 years. And so you, you have like revolutionary social change. But now, the you know, all of the easy stuff has kind of been solved and there's no real money into doing that tech. And so it's kind of now it's all all of the development in tech is in just like in the like. You know, no, it, it's all into like new new forms of, of how to build IP that we can extract rents from, you know, be they in like coming up with like with franchises or uh, NFT or even crypto stuff or whatever. It's going to come after crypto shit. Yeah, well, well, I, I, I mean, crypto in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what they were doing down at the uh, uh, their little zone what was this what state was topeka right topeka yeah, yeah topeka I mean, is just nothing but crypto for yeah Same for its crypto. i feel like there's, topeka, yeah. I, I like there's a certain level of uh like almost anticlimactic uh you know anticlimactic fervor to the idea of like getting to the moon right like that was the big technological advance like the jump yeah. that was more than anything like yeah. oh we've put people on the moon and it's like 
okay, there's rocks up there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not and, like, and it, but, but like, like the, at you at night. the tertiary uh, <laughs> things that happened because of that, like, like, you know, the, the advances of um, the internet, like, like the, the idea of sending packets, like, like, um, which that, we can go back to for all mankind, which has a great job as speculative fiction telling that part of our actual history. Yeah. Cause in the nineties, they have very much uh, well into to the two thousands technology levels in like the mid nineties yeah. uh, because, because of the fact that they, uh, kept developing they, they and they had to they had to keep yeah. develop it to you know for the for the space program and, and like the, the that's the thing is like like when you're being space you know, program and porn those are the two things that technology yes causes major leaps for <laughs> exactly. if only there was a way to combine these two things am i right but uh I, do you want to jump to the uh intergalactic well, the, 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 wait all right hold on uh, all i right. think i think christina hit an important point first of all andy you done with that was that was that what you want I, I think so <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I just wanted to address Christina brought a point about, um, and I just want to tie it in because it is a theme month. This is moving at apocalypse, right? That like the idea of the uh, the doomer, the doomer mindset, right? And like getting fascinated by things, whether it's like you know Walking Dead or, or whether you know don't look up who's closing the month, so on and so on. Like our it's doomer December, doomer December. Okay. Our our generation. <laughs> cumulatively uh I, I think grew up with this right this was like water for us like we grew up in like uh the like again it's it's crazy to me that all the vision boarding of the 1950s like still was a thing where it's like for conservative folks like oh that's the last decade that was like good right but like then the idea also of like yeah but everything's screwed and everything's gonna go to hell what we don't realize or what we don't uh, usually accept is it's never gonna be like how it is in the movies it's never gonna be like cool it's going to be like how it was with COVID, the mundane apocalypse, hmm. the mundane apocalypse. That's that's <laughs> that's what it's actually going to be, because that's what is is far more um, valid. But then by the same token, I, I, I'm excited to go through all these movies this month and kind of look at them with that in mind. And, and like maybe I'll sort of like psychological question, like why we consume these fair in the, in the same kind of way that, you know, we do horror and things like that. What do we get out of it? Do we do we get like do we get it like, you know, maybe a idea of let's not have this be how it games out let's uh use this opportunity to like do better in the world or is it just something that's like the limbic system like the id gets to like uh, get some catharsis out of just like seeing like city go boom you know <laughs> you know what i'm well, saying it's, it's, the it's part of that it's days, overly yeah. it's overly cliched but like you know the howl the ginsburg poem at the end where he's like this is the way the world ends this is the way the world ends yeah. not with a bang but with a whimper I mean that's that that that's the mundane apocalypse, uh, you know, put out there like almost a century ago, right? Like that's the the same theory. <laughs> well, which shows that there's nothing new under the sun. It's just that with this particular kind of media, like the actual end of the world being depicted, like as like like a thing that you uh, consume narratively, like in this this what at the time is the most like um, present medium uh, available and like hippest medium becomes something that like is entertainment wasn't i think the i think part of this comes from these are artifacts of an empire in decline because i think part of it is like the words, words like sure yeah well, i've heard that theory also, well let's there's get that, into it also, in the after party how about that okay. how about, because mm -hmm. i think we're getting we're trying to we're trying to close it but i think that is right. that is interesting i think that's worth the debate because uh, i think uh forrest if i if i didn't misread the queue. I think we're going to do letterbox one-liners now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to do that. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to go into a, a much more in-depth conversation about what we hope to achieve this month in the after party for sure. So everybody, uh, if you don't, if you aren't already a, a patron, sign up for that. Well, I guess wait for Andy's plugs. But right now, 
we were talking about Letterbox, which is a, a place for film lovers to talk at within to each other about the movies they love, the movies that they didn't love. You can almost call movies... it Topeka for film lovers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the movies that they were really repulsed by because of maybe all the rape. Uh, and of course, everybody gets to have their say not to Siskel's and Ebert's of the world to bottom up democracy, uh, best expressed, keeping it succinct, keeping it short, uh, working your tat five in front of the brick wall. Uh, these are the letterbox one liners for Buena's Dog, Forrest Rollum. By the way, all the rape were soap opera. <laughs> Remember that part where they're like slaves mining for canned food? Love this whole movie. <laughs> that was good. It's not even like the fourth weirdest thing in this movie. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, it's like I like someone the lower dozens. Movie. Yeah, I, I like I like when he has the. Uh, <laughs> it clearly says beets, and he's like, "These are peaches," and he's like, yeah. "How do I know that?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, these motherfuckers probably can't read. They can't read." It's it's it's, it's <laughs> I I do legit like that. Like that's it's subtle, but yeah, they are mining for canned food, which is hilarious, <laughs> just on a, on an intrinsic level, like the whole bit. Either at a supermarket or a hospital. It doesn't quite matter, I guess. <laughs> doesn't matter. Got to get them beats. Highly recommended if you watch any Mad Max movie and thought, this would be much better if absolutely nothing happened. Oh, there's plenty of things happening. They're just, they're just kind of like awkwardly shot gunshots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then like the, like the weird shot of the uh, cum machine. Yeah. I, I They, they kind of have the uh, almost like Star Wars-esque sound effects to the guns, too. Like, you know, the ricochet bullet where it's like... Yeah, yeah there was some definite... There were some definite, like, yeah, stock. Uh, they went to the stock um, the stock bank for those, yeah. Yeah, was it the best Foley artist? Stock yeah. bank, we need, we need, we need to get... <laughs> oh, Go ahead. No, I said stock bank, of course, is different than the Topeka, Kansas sperm bank, but... Uh... I, I was going to say they were going to go down to the stock bank and make a withdrawal. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Fucked up Mr. Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> I swear when I made that reference earlier, I actually hadn't read the, the I know. Movie. That's 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 sort of like the 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 downside to this bit, right? Is that like some of the real bangers we have to like you know just invoking ourselves to. So that's because we're very clever. Thank you. Best movie. Well show. golly, Mr. <laughs> well golly, Mr. Peabody, if you don't find me someone to rape. <laughs> oh gee, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Sometimes a family is just a telekinetic dog, a serial rapist scavenger, and their subterranean thought neighbor. <laughs> he's not telekinetic. He's telepathic. Come on. Get, get the powers yeah. right. He wasn't moving objects with his mind. If you could do that, he nope, could get he food. Was, he, he was just sniffing out period blood. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Go back. Go back. Why don't you go? Why don't you go find Matt with a butcher knife after his name and go comment on that and tell me how that works out, Andy. <laughs> we'll do. We'll do. Um, actually, um, actually, you're thinking of a telepathy, no telekinesis. Um, it's a misnomer that, like, a shockingly misogynistic cross between Adventure Time and Milo and Otis, directed by Terry Gilliam. Yeah, hmm. I, I do. Uh, Milo and Otis is an odd pull of like, I guess, if you haven't seen any other like films and starring animals, but yeah, the talking animal canon is not, that wouldn't be my, my what I would go for, but uh. Adventure Time, respect, respect. That's a good reference. <laughs> and Terry Gilliam is sort of like that's like a cut above what uh, Boyne's Dog is doing, but you know, hey, yeah. I guess I'm, I'm actually in Luca there, but anyway, my favorite talking dog movie. There's a. I'll probably I might play at the after party. I don't know because I've had a lot of Harlan <laughs> Ellison today, but there's a. It's a lot to take in. 
There's there's yep. a whole thing where he's talking about. It really is. Um, there's a whole thing where he's talking for like for like ten minutes about how he wouldn't do the script, like he wouldn't do any of like because they tried to make this into movies with a bigger budget and with like an actual studio multiple times. Uh, distributors didn't really want to deal with it, but people kept saying that they were going to make the dog's mouth talk, and he would freak out and be like, "I don't want the dog's mouth to talk. You don't understand. It's telekinesis or whatever. Tell it, tell it." Telepathy. <laughs> telepathy, telepathy. You know, fuck me up. Telepathy. But like, <laughs> and he's gonna come for you too. He's got two people on his list. Yeah, he's gonna. Um, he's gonna. He's gonna use his mind to um actually me. He's telephonic. Yeah. <laughs> by the by the way, that that is uh that is on my list of like I was like if you ever want to upset people at Comic Con, it's just like purposely misuse telepathy and telekinesis. And I'm not getting. <laughs> it's, the it's the crazy fun. thing is, I know that I know that kinetic is motion so like yeah. the, for me to have made that mistake doesn't really make any sense but you know what my brain is fried so there you go yeah, yeah. he's got lyme disease people Lay yeah off. he's a telemarketer <laughs> we got it let's move on <laughs> <laughs> really wanted to like this but unfortunately i'm a woman <laughs> well, well there's your problem right there <laughs> that's uh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's that made me laugh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was like did christina write this oh no i mean that's basically my review i'll I'll throw that back up during your uh <laughs> during, if you run out of things to say during your uh final thoughts <laughs> final thoughts t-h-o-t-s sorry i definitely missed the fallout quest where you had to milk don johnson <laughs> <laughs> Given the, given their increasing budget for uh, increasing budget for like celebrity cami well not cameos but certainly celebrity voiceovers, I mean they probably at some point they probably just gonna you know they could, um, Bethesda could have worked it in. They wanted James uh, Cagney originally for the voice of the dog. What really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did. And then, <laughs> That's then they, nuts. they decided it was gonna be too distracting. Yes, I would say so. By the way, <laughs> can I just say it's criminal that this has nine likes and I'm one of them because that's that's <laughs> that's that's good stuff. So go, yes. go find it's, Kyle. Uh, you you can do uh, you can do Miami Heist where you have to steal a sperm. <laughs> <laughs> like a really fucked up Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> it has a lot of it has a lot of common with uh, Wizard of Oz. I mean, you know, like people have made the reference a lot. Um, like the the whole like we're not in Kansas anymore and having the dog as like the guide going through like this you know weird world or whatever and like the creepy like the creep like when he first goes into the you know Topeka Kansas area and they're just like the creepy little like fucking like almost Munchkin esque uh, but like fully you know fully formed people stylistically at least like it, it, you know what it seems like it seems like uh, they only had the Wizard of Oz to like decide what style. Like in that in that community, they're like, that's what people must have dressed like. Yeah, like this, this this is what culture was. This is a documentary <laughs> of what culture was. Wait, do you see wait do you see the lullaby league? <laughs> they have they have the lullaby league. They, they have the lullaby, the lullaby league. They have the um the fucking the barbershop quartet. Oh, the, I guess they do. The, yeah, yeah. The All creepiest right. fucking barbers. I I hate I hate that tonal shit. Like when it's like the 1920s or something. Like and they have like the barbershop quartet doing like that tone. Like that, for some reason that like inspires panic in me. Well, you don't like the you don't like the vibes of um, of acapella in in four part harmony. 
Forrest is more into Rockapella from Where in the World is Calm in San Diego. <laughs> Which was the same same thing. Malt, you know, anyway, no, it's go not. on. So it's, rock just, more. it's in the there's name. Just, there's like a certain there's like a sort a certain tonal uh thing with like certain kinds of barbershop and stuff, especially when it's like played on an old Victrola or whatever, like the, the fucking like nineteen twenties thing. Like it it literally makes me anxious. All right. I now know that. The underground community in this is exactly what the MAGA crowd is dreaming of. A bunch of white people play acting a bizarre spectacle of an America that never existed in the first place. Anyway, this movie takes place in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> Topeka DeSantis. I have no notes. Yeah, that's uh, those are letterbox one-liners for a boy's dog, everybody. Please uh, follow the show and give your, your finest uh, barbershop quartet-related comments uh, to your host, uh, Forrest Miller, over there. Uh, A.K. Albert, he represents the show on there. I, of course, am Conan. Monday in Apocalypse Neutron, all over, bringing to the highbrow, middlebrow, and lowbrow. Um, and Jandrew Rule down there, uh, he is watching all the weirdest stuff, so you don't have to, or maybe so you can. No judgment. Uh, Christina, A.K.A. Girl and His Cat, or in her cat. Sorry, my bad. Uh, <laughs> is are, are you doing like the next round of, of things anytime soon, or should people I just like still got review? Don't worry, darling. Okay, so everybody should go follow Christina to see her thoughts on that. She's seen like five times, mostly into the influence. Yeah, I was going to say, have you seen it three times? You can't get a, a couple sentence review out there. I mean, it was, I mean, again, I was under the influence of an edible the three times I watched it because it's fantastic to watch under the oh, Wait, wait, so did you watch it three times in a row with the same edible or did you go there three separate times, take a different edible? <laughs> no, my sister bought gummies from Jersey. It was the sour apple gummies. They were delicious. But, uh, but I'm... What I say was it the same day that you saw it three times on three different edibles? Or no, you, it's or different you, occasions, different days. Okay. All, right. All right, we appreciate the clarification. Also, Cockapella, <laughs> the pornographic musical. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I had, my my goal was to read that out in the most deadpan voice possible, and I got there. Uh, Jeremy, I don't think you have a letterbox account, right? That's why you don't have it. I do uh, not. I really, I should, I, I should write more uh, instead of like just dumping it all in like overly long Facebook and Discord comments. I agree with what you just said. Yes, uh, it's probably more productive. Uh, so there you go. That's Letterbox One Liners. Uh, J. Andrew World, Diddy, well, actually, Flavor Flav, please take us with the plugs. All right, you're watching us on YouTube right now, so please do the YouTube things like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell, and watch the video to the end to help other movie fans find us. Um, we have uh, follow us on Twitter, do the Twitter stuff, follow us. We have a community. Um, every once in a while, we'll tweet out the uh, uh, the link to join the community. We have um, uh, yeah, we're too busy on there. social to do it lately, but yeah, no, I've been, I've been busy doing lots of other stuff. It's <laughs> wow, wow, that's an all that's an all timer, though. Like. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I've been slacking on the uh, polls lately, but but we'll, I'll try to get to more polls, more polls. <laughs> that, that, that's it's it's accurate for for the Twitter group as well as the strip club. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> we need more. <laughs> been slacking on the polls lately. But when yes. it comes to you know, when it comes to immigrants, I'd like less polls, please. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you like that joke, we have well, a Patreon. I'm bringing, I'm bringing back. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah, we hadn't noticed. Did you, you didn't hear the room go silent and just like hear a pin drop? Oh, okay. It's like, what is this? The Brexit comedy room? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that kills at CPAC. Hey. <laughs> kills in Russia, too, but. 
I'm literally yeah, yeah anyway um <laughs> well we have a patreon if y'all want to uh, uh support the show um yeah, we usually make better jokes would, than that <laughs> that's, gonna, that's gonna stand to that one i think we're gonna lose a couple of patrons but i don't have any <laughs> polish patrons i don't think <laughs> they haven't figured out how to do it yet well I, you know what you know what it is you know what it is i'm <laughs> i am sick of everyone doing italian jokes so i'm trying to bring uh, back yeah. polish jokes and target the the yeah uh, the European, the European, uh, you know, hammer towards the east. Exactly. Pun- punch down at someone else so they can't get you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how you survive. Uh, yeah. So I guess, uh, yeah, Andy, go ahead. Uh, patron. Yeah. Yeah. So we got yeah Patreon. Sign parties, up with our right? Patreon. Get the after parties forever. This is good stuff, so. people. You, you want that. <laughs> not <laughs> not that not that last exchange. <laughs> but... <laughs> The rest of it's rock solid. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a more experimental works of this show. Yeah. He's been canceled by the polls. Canceled by the polls. <laughs> Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Andy. Yeah. It's Bandcamp Friday. It is. Buy my crap. God damn it. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, Neutron got. Friends at Bandcamp.com. Uh, check out uh, Kona Neutron and Secret Friends. Here's the, I have a CD of Dangerous Nomenclature right here. I have here a CD of Dangerous Nomenclature. Have you heard of this for us? <laughs> <laughs> Action Chief, too. Close the yep. polls. <laughs> uh, Exit polls. We got we got all those uh, tour t-shirts that are up to a lot of people were asking about, especially the dudes yelling shirts. Uh, they were starting to lo- run low on sizes. So if you want to get those, um, it'd be a good day to do it. Money goes directly to us. No band camp cut. And uh, yeah, we'll probably make more of them. I mean, they've been popular enough, but for folks that have asking and folks have asked. So, uh, there you go. It's good to see that big band camp, you know, isn't <laughs> exactly those those money grabbers. Yeah, no, but but it's great that they're doing this, and uh, you know, y'all should support Conan. Um, Goddamn right, you should. Yes, uh, <laughs> I give this away for free, people. I don't see a cent from this show. No, but but uh, you do see a cent from uh, your your uh, protonic reversal. Uh, who, yes. Who's uh, coming up this week? Well, let's talk about who just was on, which is Jerry yes. Casali of Devo, and it was freaking awesome. And he's been on, uh, I think, uh, well, four times. One of them is interviewing me, but. Uh, he was on essentially to talk about his new EP, which is great, really good. Uh, but we got in some real, we got, in, we actually found some different stuff to talk about that wasn't on any of the rest of the episodes. I feel like it's a really good episode. It's up for the patrons right now, so dollar a month for that. Uh, but it'll be Gen Pop uh, on Monday. I feel like by and, the, like between the one where he interviews you and you interviewing him, like right after he has his kid. Like it's yeah, it's the, big, it's the big like huge milestones, <laughs> big life event. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, yeah. It's funny every time Whip it comes on, my mom's like, "Hey, you know that guy?" I'm like, "Yeah, thanks, Conan." <laughs> did you? Did you? Did you? Um, did you announce? I mean, I got that, Twitter nuked for uh, you know for being too big a demon for, fan today for writing Mongoloid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stevie. I agree. I, it is a must watch. Uh, have we announced that he's going to be on for the end of the season? If yeah, not, I mean, I, I tweeted it, but like from the account that got nuked for being too big. <laughs> you, you got shadow banned at that point, so nobody saw it. Yeah, Jerry Casale is going to be on for Don't Look Up, and that's how we're closing the season and the year. And that should be, um, yeah, I can't think of anyone better than like a member of Devo to be on to talk about that film. Yeah, it's the de- it's the de-evolution take on Don't Look Up, which is like 
fully if, if we couldn't get i mean if we couldn't get david serrano to actually talk about like the the yeah. brainstorming of it that's like the only other like idea that i think would you know that's gonna be good and no it. one's done it chapo yeah. you didn't do that we did it or haven't done it yet we're going to do it also chris yeah, wade right you just announced it too early they're like yeah, they're yeah. Like, wait wait <laughs> <laughs> And uh, you got a show coming up in uh, Chicago on the 30th of December. <laughs> yes. New, New Year's Eve Eve. Yeah, with Ghost Forest and Interesting Bricks uh, and Reggie's. So that's where we're apparently. Uh, but, you know, uh, or Kenzo, I guess. Kenzo can come out, maybe. We'll yeah, see. If he wants to. You know, we, 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 we actually have a Chicago show. It's really great. It's going to be a lot colder than that. But that's, uh, I'm going to have some, I'm going to have some 2023 stuff to announce, but not till later in the month. So, yeah, go, mm -hmm. go see us there. Thank you. Excellent. And uh, Christina, you have a Twitch channel, which is fantastic. If you ever want to know what's going on in the news, it is a great place to go and watch that. Um, Cosmopolitics, baby. Let's go. Cosmopolitics, yeah. yes. Uh, do, do, is there anything that you have in the uh, in the uh, can uh, that's going to be coming out? Or anything uh, you've been working on? No, I might actually do some live streaming tomorrow before my Christmas party. Do some show some like in real life, like food prep or party prep or whatever. Hmm. My, is there anybody going to open up uh, a can on? Might bring my future boyfriend on. So, sorry, Forrest. <laughs> I've been I've been kicked out of the circle. I was going to say I was going to say I don't know if I don't know if Twitch people want to see things happening in real life. They don't seem to you know they don't Concerned seem to like bathtubs that. and hot tubs and swimming pools. <laughs> but but yeah, she, yeah. Uh, Christina also has a uh, Patreon. Oh, uh, I can't. Yeah. Oh, I got rid of the Patreon, by the way. Oh, I just didn't oh. have time. No, she doesn't. She got rid of it. Everybody. It's not have a Patreon. Did you notice, by the way, I cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> Wait, I, 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 cut it. <laughs> I cut the Patreon part <laughs> out of the uh, intro. So that it, it didn't count. Breaking news! Christina has gotten rid of her Patreon, everybody. <laughs> so I wonder, wonder what was going on there. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm taking it off the list then. So. <laughs> Breaking news! Christina I, I Oaks! I wish that we didn't get flagged for doing the uh, dun, 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 like the, the fucking yeah. breaking news alert graphic <laughs> it's so generic too like what the hell like is there like non dmca like breaking news music that we can access or something ho ho hopefully there uh, has to be yeah ho hopefully, this one said it was this the this the messed up thing ho hopefully they did it quick enough they didn't get flagged i'll tell you what remind me i'll just do a breaking news music uh jab stab what do they call that i'll i'll, I'll do one thing sting yeah sting thank there you, you. Go. Uh, yeah, it was it's, kind of it's too good not to not to be doing that anytime somebody says something like I'm not on Patreon anymore. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um so so Jeremy, uh anything uh you want to direct people to? Because I know last time we talked you weren't doing your podcast. Uh uh yeah, this is correct. My podcast has been on hold. Uh what can I direct people to uh support the rare workers unions because they, that they're going through a hard time there and God knows what is gonna happen next. Um I'm trying to think of anything other than just some local Portland things like the uh support the eviction uh representation for all campaign, the ERA campaign out of Portland, they could use your help because uh, that is going upon the ballot and we're gonna start gearing up to get uh, push that, but that's going to be in a few months. So uh, I guess if there's anything coming up soon, uh, not that I can think of. Okay. 
Well, so. yeah, th- those are actually some good things to support, uh, especially those railroad workers, because uh, uh, you know I, I literally live ten feet from the tracks, uh, and uh, you know they, they do good work. Uh, you know, I gotta say, oh. they're doing construction. The... They're doing construction ten feet from my house. Oh, or I can write it like I literally said I was, Stevie. We don't have to go to the KPM Sound Library. Like, come on, man. Oh, Jesus also the uh, I think the I think the, the UC. Yeah, I think thank the, you. The, I think the UC educator uh, strike is still going on. It's like there's two mind. podcasts going on, right? It's like oh, you yes. guys are having one down there, and like it's very serious. And I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm at war with the comments. Yeah, <laughs> very, uh, yeah, very upstairs, downstairs. You're, uh, you're a regular uh, Hassan Piker over there <laughs> at war with the comments. Yeah, but yeah, you, the UC uh, strike uh, is is actually a big deal because uh, remember, you know, um, just because they're educators doesn't make them uh, not workers. They are in fact workers. And, uh, you know, which is uh, something that they're, they're actually doing a great job getting that, that uh, messaging out. So, all right. This, this, this is after party material, I feel like, you know. There we go. Uh, these, these plugs are normally long. This, this is like interminable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, anything else, Andy? Oh, you got yours, right? Yeah, I got mine. Um, uh, c- come see me in New York uh, next month, uh, the uh, 22nd. I'll be at the uh, cutting room and, uh, you know, just in the shadow. <laughs> It sounds like you're doing stand-up comedy when you say that, by the way, which <laughs> which I, I I love, but I I know what that is, but yeah, yeah but but I, I will be part. Come of see the... now the Chuckle Hut. Uh, <laughs> Come see me at the Laugh Factory uh, with the Nick know. DiPaolo and. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but we got uh, it's the uh, Give Them a Revolution uh, a live show. We got it's it, it, it's rebrand. It's just left as best as what's rebranded as now. Is that is that what, what they're doing now, or is that just on? The no, nobody sent me a memo. Jason sent me a ticket link. I'm like, thanks. Yeah, he said, <laughs> I, I think he wanted everyone to share it. I don't think he was trying. Like, he wanted everyone to share the ticket link because I because I talked to him and then he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just get you in and then like maybe you can help out like you know with stuff. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And but he sent me the same ticket link. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was like, <laughs> I almost sent him a picture a picture of a twenty dollar bill. I thought that'd be a dick move. <laughs> You should have found a way to like burn a fake twenty dollar bill and send it to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. But yeah, uh, there's that, and uh, I got a, a shooting date for the uh, Leonard Baskin uh, thing that I'm going to be doing. Oh, yeah, so. the thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Call him no, Bonnie and Clyde because he's got a shooting date. But uh, yeah, that, that's coming up, and, and I can't wait to share that with everybody because I'm really excited about it. Your enthusiasm for it is palpable. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, also, uh, I have a cover for um, uh, one of uh, uh, the, the the second issue of Derudi, which you can get on Kickstarter uh, for a few more days, a few more weeks, maybe. Spell that Derudi. Derudi. Uh, yeah, it's um. That's in Derudi column. Yes, uh, actually, ah, the, the okay. person is named after um, Bella Fantura Bella Derudi. Don't ask me to spell that. D u r u t t i. Yeah, he he was a um uh socialist, uh, anarchist, revolutionary, fought in the uh, Spanish Civil War, and uh, there's a comic book series about him. And uh, I just did the second cover for the uh, series. So yeah, um, I know, you know, the, I know the Derudi, that out. Is the the Derudi column is a band. I, I can't remember where they're from. They yeah, were Derudi um, Shadow of the People is the name of the uh, comic. Manchester. Yeah, yeah, somewhere in England. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> over there. 
but yeah, somewhere in England, take, whatever. From the name <laughs> Darudi Column, which is actually a political thing, but it's a whole other. Uh, yes. Actually, it's a political thing. Uh, Socialism. It's definitely a political thing. We got a lot of great, you know, nothing else. I know that like uh, the election extravaganza month was like one of our least popular theme months, but we got some good gifts out of it. That's all I got to say. Yeah. I think we have some good times. It was good. It's for the yeah. people it's for, you know. <laughs> good times and they'll keep on going in the after party. Uh, you know, first, we which eventually we will get to. <laughs> we <laughs> going to final thoughts. Uh, Jeremy, let's hear some final thoughts. Let's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. And heck of a movie. Uh, it's real. And to think the uh, the the story they take it them the actual book much even nastier. So it's a uh, which you is know, hard to believe, but yeah, yeah. you're not wrong. <laughs> it's, it's a um, yeah, it's a heck of a piece of work. Just and like Harlan it. Ellison is a heck of a piece of work. <laughs> yes. Uh, Christina, do you do you have final thoughts, or do you want me just to throw up the uh, the, <laughs> the... <laughs> really yeah. really wanted to like this, but unfortunately, I'm a woman. <laughs> All right, I got uh, another one that should have more likes. I'm, I'm like, why that one should be like the top the top freaking review. You know? Yeah, but right? it's you know it's Seven all likes. it's all men downvoting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, that's the kind of humor you can expect in the after party not the other stuff not the cold polish humor the american people are sick and tired of women anyway um, <laughs> um, conan final thoughts yeah uh wild wild movie uh very influential and so worth discussing because of that um deeply deeply problematic on multiple levels but i also feel like especially when you talk about apocalyptic art forms it shouldn't necessarily be comfortable anyway and honestly like actual apocalypses are not nice and there would be quite a bit of rape you know i don't know if they need to all be depicted but like uh Think is what makes us fascinating is in the title, a boy and his dog, right? And we didn't talk about it, but they changed the last line. The last line of the book is not the last line of the movie, which it ends on a joke, which is amazing. That this this film ends on a joke about a dad joke, a, a dad joke. Spoiler alert: that they kill and eat the the woman that they that they bring that they bring up to feed the dog. Well, now you like, and it ends on a joke. Funny. Well, yeah, I'm still watching the last ten minutes. No. <laughs> I mean, the movie's older than I am. If, if you can't, I'll, uh, I don't know why I'll, you watch this, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw on uh, the after party to start it off. I'll throw the thing where uh, Harlan Ellison talks about the last line of the movie. I think it's incredible. It's got it. To, it has to be one of the one of the absolute most audacious last lines in a movie ever. He hates it. He, I, thinks it's but it's thing. not at all. Well, because the, the original last line is like a, it's a reference to like why it's called a boy and his dog. Yeah, yeah. It, it, to a reinforce boy like the relationship between them and that like, yeah, that's right, Frank. Yeah. They did eat her. <laughs> they, they absolutely <laughs> did eat her. And I don't and, know if they put tomato sauce on her, but <laughs> the uh, it's, no, it's the thing is the yeah, I think the actual last line of the of the novella is you know something like yeah, a boy loves his dog. Yeah, because it because it's it and, and he again because he chose um, he chose blood over over her, uh, the dog blood, not the well not hey. dog blood, but the dog that is named blood. Anyway, you get where I'm going. But like in the movie, like, <laughs> it's on a laugh line. 
amazing like, what a, what a what a bold move like just like seriously like audacious like you you do indeed have to hand it to them for that but well i mean it's they, better than a uh, boy and his dog too when they find a dog named crip and they have to battle it out on the street corner um <laughs> that's the kind of material you can expect f movie next extravaganza after party yeah and it'll land just as hard as it just did um <laughs> and say like someone got slapped. <laughs> Why the hell did my parents let me watch this movie when I was like 10? Wow. Uh, that, explains so much. <laughs> that explains so much. This was this was like, but it was like edited for TV. So it's not like I saw the actual. Yeah, like, it was like uh, 10 minutes long. Yeah, was this, this, this is a heartwarming <laughs> tale of a, a dude and his dog hanging out, having an adventure. Um, honestly, like, it's just, the scene, it's just the scene where they're up against the wall and like chilling. After it's just eat. where they're digging up beets. It's really weird. There's just it's like yeah. really. I thought it was the beets. I thought they were looking for him. Yeah, they're, they're really into uh, Dr. Dre and um... she ain't nothing but a beet digger. <laughs> Push the button, Frank. But but I did want to say uh, Tim McIntyre, uh, who who voiced the dog. Um, uh, it was very interesting too that they also included one of his songs in the film, which is also really weird tonally. Oh, oh yeah, it's goo 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 like like it's just like like what? Why is this? Yeah, yeah it's a very, it's a shag. Well, it's a shaggy dog song. It's very, it's it's like the, it's like yeah. the theme song to Mitchell. Ma 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 Mitchell. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I put that uh, like a, a short part of that song in the intro, and then I had to totally change the rest of the intro and have it be like more upbeat. Otherwise, it would have not worked anymore. because like the rest of the score is like synth music. You know that that's mid seventies kind of dark synth which works too yeah um it's, it's a very minimal score um but but uh i just i just thought it was uh interesting that uh they included one of his songs and it's just like it's jarring when that song starts up and yeah. uh you know really and, and, but it makes it funny knowing that he's also a musician when he's complaining about the uh, folk musician that they're seeing it's like can he tune that guitar <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Exactly. I will say, yeah, Tim McIntyre, for those who don't don't know, also wrote the score and the opening theme to uh, Jeremiah Johnson, the um, aka the of, not the uh, the nodding meme that everybody uh, yeah the, the smiling Robert yeah, yeah the smiling yeah. Robert Redford Robert Redford yeah the film that than yeah Sorry. right of the show there you go the, yeah. but also but very, it's one of those things where I was listening to listening to that theme and realizing uh because Tim McIntyre died in 1986 like very very young like young, like he died at the age of 42 Jesus that'll you know I was about to talk about memento which is younger than I am that's a memento mori but if had he had he been, had he lived maybe like 15 more years like all of his work would have definitely found you know once alt country came along oh yeah they de he definitely would have had like a massive career resurgence of the just the kind of vibe that he had unless he you know maybe i don't know, went like uh like right drunk right right winger by that point but who knows anyway all right well like we're done let's switch over <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh you Can't know argue with that it's uh it's time to move over to the after party my last thoughts are uh toto i don't think we're above kansas anymore <laughs>
Thank you.